The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 11th chapter. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So the past two weeks have reminded us of what is asked of us as disciples of Jesus. The life of a disciple calls us to go and do likewise, to extend mercy, love, and grace to our neighbor, like we heard in the story of the Good Samaritan two weeks ago. The life of a disciple calls us to love God, to center ourselves on God and God's word, like we heard Mary do last weekend when she gathered at Jesus' feet and listened to the great teacher. Today now, we shift from the two great commandments to love God and to love one's neighbor to Jesus' teaching on prayer. Now, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke places a strong emphasis on Jesus' prayer life, more than any of the other Gospels. So the teaching begins with Jesus praying in a certain place when one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. What we know today as the Lord's Prayer is the answer they receive. And so in that moment, in that interaction, in that teaching, Jesus is sharing with his disciples and in turn shares with you and me the very nature and character of God, of who they are praying to, our Father in heaven. 
Gerhard Frost writes this about the Lord's Prayer, and I think it's just lovely. He writes, the Lord's Prayer is the perfect prayer, perfect in proportion, unclouded in its spiritual direction, unselfish in its central ambition, unconfused as to ultimate destination. It gives balance and stability to our own personal prayers. He goes on to write, from birth to death, from font to the grave, the Lord's Prayer is with us. It is part of us in times of crisis, in times of tranquility, in times of upheaval, in times of quiet growth. It is with us in the moving shadow time of day and in the bright sunshine of life. After having taught his disciples how to pray, he then tells them, and in turn tells you and me, that it is important that we are persistent in prayer, that we are to be unashamed in what we are asking for, Jesus encourages us each and every day to keep at it, to keep on praying, to pray persistently, to pray relentlessly, to pray with authenticity and intentionally. Because prayer is one of the ways that we communicate with God. We heard Tricia just touch on that just moments ago in the children's message. Prayer is one of the ways that we have conversation with God and make our needs known to God who is in heaven. It is a way that we participate in that relationship, both as a community, like we are doing here this morning, but as also as individuals. It is a way that we mutually participate in this relationship together. And yet... It is in the following verses on prayer that often cause deep misunderstandings about that relationship between God and God's people, you and me. I'm looking at verse 9. Listen to these words. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Those two verses are incredibly important because they offer assurance to you and me that God indeed listens to what we are praying for. That, that is good news. But the challenge for you and me comes when people who are focused on their own self-interest, and I'll be the first to admit it, I remember when I was in seventh grade, hadn't studied for a test, and I remembered this verse because we sang it in Sunday school, and I sat there at my desk and I prayed for an A. <laughs> that might have been a stretch anyway. So when we start to think of these words of ask, seek, and knock as this sort of magic formula for how wishes come true, we are missing the point. 
we are misunderstanding what Jesus is saying. That we are missing the point if we believe that these words are, oh, if I simply do it this way, if I pray this way, I'll receive what I, what I want, I will find whatever it is that I seek. And by the way, all of life's doors will be open to me wherever I go and in whatever I do. And I believe all of us know that that is not true in life, right? As frustrating and as difficult and challenging as it can be, we know that that's not true in life. And the reality of it is that's not the case in prayer either. So in that moment, Jesus assures the disciples that God is indeed listening to and answering their prayers. But he did not promise them that they will receive whatever it is that they ask for, what they think they need. Like some sort of genie that is emerging from the lamp and granting us three wishes. It doesn't work that way. And yet, what's important here is when we feel as if though our prayers are not being heard or not answered, at least in the way that we would like them to be, Jesus tells us to do what? To keep at it. To keep on praying. To be relentless. To receive something, ask. To find something, seek. To get that door open, knock. In other words, we have to do our part too. We play an active role in this relationship with God. And we have to make then our, our thoughts and our requests made known to God. What is in our hearts and on our minds made known to God. So Jesus encourages us to be persistent in prayer, to be unashamed in what we are asking for. Because the good news for you and me is that with God, the door is always open. And the opportunity for a meaningful and life-giving relationship with God always exists. In her book, Help, Thanks, Wow, the Three Essential Prayers, Anne Lamont writes this. Prayer means that in some unique way, we believe we're invited into a relationship with someone who hears us when we speak in silence. Prayer is our sometimes re real selves trying to communicate with the real, with the truth, with the light. It is reaching out to be heard, hoping to be found in light and warmth in the world instead of darkness and cold. And so we reach out in the hope of finding and experiencing and receiving that light and warmth from God, the love, grace, and mercy that is bestowed upon us each and every single day. But the truth is what? Not all prayer is answered how we might want, how we might think we need and not all of our days, and not all of our lives go according to plan, right? But wherever we find ourselves, wherever you find yourselves in life, 
This we believe. We trust in this relationship with God. We trust that God is listening to us, caring for us, hearing what we have to say. And knowing and believing all of this, Jesus invites you and me day in and day out to pray persistently, to pray relentlessly, to be unashamed in our asking. Not to get what we want or what we think we need or deserve, but in response to what God has done for you and me, in response to God's love, grace, and mercy for you, for me, and all of God's people. We have uh, a couple of adventures going on, as Pastor Westermeyer referenced in uh, the, uh, the announcements. We have some that are going camping with Tricia, some of our youth and adults going to the Boundary Waters, the fishing retreat. I'm reminded that we all pray, whether you know that or not, we all pray in many and various ways. And the truth is, we all pray in different ways and in different places. So I was thinking about that just the other day. And I want to share this with you from Gerhard Frost in his book, Journey of the Heart. I, I think it's out of print now, but it's, a, it's one of my favorites. This is what he says about the Lord's Prayer. It's titled, Our Father. I prayed today, prayed Our Father. An airport was my cathedral, the busy one at Newark, the crowded one in New Jersey. I didn't fold my hands, I didn't close my eyes or bow my head. I looked straight at them. I looked at God through them, through my brothers and sisters. I looked at our Father through his hurrying, hoping, trying, crying family. He looked right back at me and smiled. Let it be so. Amen.